Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Chris Coffin is here, but Simon Clancy is not because it's his birthday. And he is, I guess I would say he's out, no? He's I think he's, um, he's he's celebrating he's celebrating his birthday with um with the owner of the Green Bay Packers. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, and and debating what they're gonna do at quarterback, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is hemming and hawing for the next two months to whether he's gonna play or not. Uh I think he's just hemming and hawing, period. 
Yeah, he likes to do that. Like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> likes to do that. Like it's he his does thing like now. It's his thing. Like he's he's so he's so emo now. <laughs> he is right down to the nick cap. <laughs> I'm not telling you. Like he's just like he is just straight emo. Yeah, I can't handicap that situation. Okay, why the hell would you want to go to Denver and deal with what we saw this past Sunday? All right, that was just <laughs> like like no. Okay, I'm sorry. Like if you ask me, you know, usually you want to go somewhere where it's easier, right? Like he has the dream quarterback job. That division is absolute garbage. Like it's a walk to a home game in the second round every single year. Why the hell would he go to Denver? You know. Well, I, I guess I don't know. I guess it probably has to do with like the the location, the ownership, the fan, mm. you know, fan base stuff like that. I mean, he's he's used to some he's used to some pretty good fans in Green Bay, like very loyal fans in Green Bay, mm-hmm. um, and you know, good, good game situation and stuff like that. And he also, he also is from out West and loves it out there. Um, And so, I mean, Denver, Denver has a a great fan base like that. Um, And they, uh, I don't know about ownership. I don't know how, how involved is Elway nowadays? Cause he's a dick. Supposedly he's been stripped of all his power. (laughs) Like they've been stripping him for, for like a year and, and, and I think he's reached the point where he has like no power anymore. Yeah, I hope so because that was you know this actually brings brings it back to the Dolphins because uh, Dolphins fans absolutely loathe Vance Joseph as a as a candidate for um. For and we'll get into that, that. coach. We'll, yeah, we will but, get into that. And but let me just say this before this: we are always brought to you by Manscape. Use promo code Five RSN for twenty percent off your entire order. Now you can get the performance package. Yeah, you heard that right. It's a performance package for $119.99. And you're wondering, $119.99 to shave my balls? Well, listen to this, okay? You get the lawnmower 4.0. That's an upgrade over the 3.0, which we've been talking about on this po- podcast for a year. You get the weed whacker. Do you know what the weed whacker is, by the way? Chris? I have not received my weed whacker yet, but I'm, I'm interested in finding out. Okay, you're getting one, by the way, because I already spoke to, to Matt and Matt. Uh, by the way, Matt Perdomo, you could follow him yeah, on, right. on Twitter. Uh, I spoke to him and he told me, yes, I will send stuff to Chris. The weed whacker is the ear and nose hair trimmer. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Very, very important. I have one. So we're already talking about two devices. Okay. And you're wondering, well, you know, it's $120. Well, we're not done. You get the cropper server. That's anti-shaving ball deodorant. All right. And you know, I, I love my ball de- deodorant. I've been talking about it for a year. You get the crop reviver, which is the ball spray toner. Of course, you need ball spray toner. Right? Reviver. Reviver. I, li- I, I love the phrasing here. You get the magic mat, which is they're just disposable shaving mats. But, you know, are you really going to drop all your pubes on the floor? Like, come on, you know, have some standards, people. And then this is what I love. You get the shed. The shed is their travel bag. Now you would think, okay, this is going to be some cheap ass travel bag. No, no, it's leather. Look at the travel bag. It's the one I use. Like I throw it in my backpack whenever I travel. It's a great travel bag. So you're talking about the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, the crop preserver, crop reviver, the mats, and a travel bag for $119.99. But no, if you use it from the promo code 5RSN, you get 20% off of that. And why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. So use five RSN and get 20% off. I guess we got to, we'll just start there. Well, but, but wait a minute. 
but uh-huh. there's something about this manscape because you know i i want i want i just want to address this because it's named manscape and you know it's obviously uh oriented toward balls and you know and and our crops and stuff like that and by the way ball ball reviver i mean simon you know is his birthday is today he's turning 48 years old particularly <laughs> valuable for for him um but there's a this is a thing on tiktok ladies are using the lawnmower <laughs> ladies are finding it very helpful to use the manscaped equipment are you uh, sure that website themselves. are you sure that website was tiktok uh, chris <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that's what this was uh this was not if you look up at your browser was... uh, right behind https you know uh <laughs> you had to read that part i don't know if you know maybe you had another yeah. window open this was this was tiktok not not t- not tit talk but um okay. so but yeah ladies are actually finding this very useful and so i don't want to just say you know to, to all our listeners out there uh male and female and just you know siphon or cordon off the men and be like you know hey this is for you the manscape because because the ladies might actually enjoy um the lawnmower i'm just saying try it might change your viewpoint and of course all these devices come with chargers okay so mm-hmm. you know why wouldn't you do this it's 119 not, not, the L- not the la chargers not justin herbert no no you don't get justin herbert no uh, no i'm sure the ladies would like that that's that would be on tiktok yeah <laughs> And of course, free shipping. So nobody's going to hit you for like a 40 or $50 shipping charge after you're done and at checkout. So why wouldn't you do it? Go do it now. Use promo code 5RSN. All right, let's start there. There's been a general freak out all week on Dolphins Twitter. And we tend to respond to Dolphins Twitter because most of them are our, our listeners, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, are, are threatening, you know, to do awful things to themselves if Vance Joseph is hired it's really it's really curious it's I mean I, <laughs> yes, and, and I me as, as ignorant and naive as I am like I, I somebody said something about Vance Joseph and I was just like I was just like very naively like Dolphins fans don't hate Vance Joseph what are you talking about <laughs> and then I got I was inundated with replies it was like oh yes we do yes we do yes we do yes we do <laughs> I was like, okay, Dolphins fans hate Vance Joseph. I, I I understand this now. Now I'm aware. Thanks for catching me up. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think we're going to talk too much about Vance Joseph because we're going to start here. And, well, of course, the- but huh. I, I will say this about Vance. Okay. Like, um, don't scare know, people. What he- don't scare no, people, I'm, Chris. No, I'm not going to scare people. Um, forgetting what he did here in Miami, uh, you know, people – because the whole failed head coach thing does, um, it scares people. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I talked to somebody in, in Denver who's, um, you know, who's very privy to the inner workings of the the Denver Broncos. And and he was, I mean, to say he was set up to fail is like, you know, because a lot of people use that and it's kind of hyperbole and um, exaggeration. But in this case, man, that that really does sound true. Because uh, John Elway, I guess, from above, micromanaged every part of of Vance Joseph's tenure and um in Denver I mean right down to you know he was he was making the depth chart calls he was deciding who played on Sunday you know he was forcing Vance Joseph to play certain guys um over other guys because he wanted to see them on the field 
Um, he made Vance deal with like a, a really crap quarterback, um, you know, Paxton Lynch. And, uh, and, and like, he was just, he, he micromanaged to such a high degree that, um, that, you know, Vance was just bowled over uh, and he had no choice in the matter because John Elway had so much power in the organization. And it's almost like they hired a guy as inexperienced as Vance was on purpose so that John Elway could basically de facto coach the team. But then on top of things, as if that's not bad enough, uh, I guess Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator, and we're familiar with him. Mm -hmm. um, he led an essentially an insurrection against Vance Joseph <laughs> from the bottom. Like he was, he was organized and I, I and I'm like, oh yeah. Whatever. Please don't tell me he was wearing a Buffalo head because that, that, that would have been <laughs> but like, but seriously, a beautiful but visual. I'm just like, oh, well, whatever, whatever. And then the, the, the guy, the guy I was talking to was like, no, no, really? Like he was, he was organizing coaches against Vance, like to, <laughs> to, to try and like, uh, to try and. I don't know, like usurp his his authority, and, and stuff. they call us a clown show. They call I know. Our, our franchise a clown show. But but I guess in the first year uh, that Vance was there, you know, he was such a players' coach um, that the players the players adored him. The players really loved him. Um, they I mean, they it, he did they did like him, and it was it was legit. But in the second year, I think, and I don't know if this is something that that somebody above had told him or you know something like that but um it basically was he tried to switch gears and be um a hard ass you know kind of like discipline let's let's focusing on discipline and stuff like that and um and uh you know i think that that's where he started to lose some players because players had trouble to, uh taking him seriously but also because he was having his authority both you know, chopped away from him from above and, you know, usurped from below. <laughs> it was just a total <laughs> disaster, just a total, absolutely flipping disaster. Uh, it sounded like, and, um, and that's why, you know, you saw the, the, the defense, uh, the defense go from number three, uh, the number three defense in the, uh, the NFL in advances first year, as far as yardage is concerned anyway, um, to number 22. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't all his fault there. And there is such a thing. There is such a thing as a learning experience. So it's, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But, and by the way, breaking news, uh, hard rock stadium has just uh, put their mural on their, on their elevator for the entire off season. And on there is the weekend. Of course you have to have the weekend, right? They have Definitely. Canelo Alvarez, which is great because, you know, he did defend his title in that stadium and it has two dolphins. Mm -hmm. Do, do you want to care? Do you care to guess who those two dolphins are? Because one of them is important. Um, is it is is one of them Emmanuel Agba, who they intend to keep, probably? No, and and, okay. and that's why and that's why I, I you know that, that my ears perked up a little bit because mm -hmm. by the way we can report everybody thinks the deals get the, is going to get done, but there is no deal, and that always makes me nervous as we march toward March. Sure. So. Any other guys? Who are they? Who are they? Uh, well, uh, Tua Tungabailoa. One of them, Tua Tungabailoa. Absolutely, probably. he's most okay. prominently displayed. But the other one was curiously left off last year. And oh, Xavier Howard. Yeah, and this year he's on there. So, oh, okay. so may maybe another prove it 
uh, batch of incentives is on the way. Well, for he, did, Xavier he, he was not. He was not a fan of Flores. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. Yeah, he we was, got that. I mean, we 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 got that from from some people. I mean, it's it's been it's it's often been implied out there. I think. But he was not a fan of Flores when Flores was was fired, and and I remember Flores was explicitly fired pretty much for for his I guess bedside manner um, throughout the organization, and um, you know his tendency to point fingers and stuff like that. And and Xavier immediately came out with this thing on on Instagram that was like, you know, uh, people who point fingers need to look at themselves, you know, and uh, or something something along those lines. And I think he was talking about. I think he was talking about um, uh, Brian Flores and his tendency to to get on everybody and blame everybody for everything. Mm-hmm. No, and, and on OnlyFans, and by the way, you could you could get on OnlyFans for three dollars a month. Three dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I urge you go to go to Starbucks and ask them what you could get for three dollars, and you might get uh, security called on you. Okay, we, but if we, you get, we just rolled out. We just we're excited. We just rolled out a um, a instead of just a patron chat for the uh, for the, the now six hundred and fifty uh, members who are mm-hmm. actively discussing at all time. I mean, this is this is turned into like almost like a the most active message board that you see, except without much, without a lot of the garbage that you see in a lot of the message boards. We've been we've both been involved in message boards for since since ancient times. And, um, and un- unfortunately there's, there is a lot of garbage there, mm-hmm. uh, and message boards, um, and Reddit and such. But, um, what we notice about the, the guys in OnlyFans is, you know, listen, if, if these guys are willing to pay $3 a month, especially pay us, because a lot of the, the, the trolls and whatnot, they, they hate, they tend to hate us first off. And, and yes. if, if they do listen to our podcast, many of them do grudgingly listen to our podcast anyway, but if they do, the last thing they're going to do is give money to us. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're just like their pride will not allow it. And, right. um, and, and so, so what we get is like a, a really good selection of people that are willing to pay to, you know, it's like $3, it's nothing, but, but to pay anything whatsoever, like the, it's, it just like really uh, selects for serious individuals. And that's why we get decent chat. I mean, sometimes it, sometimes it might go off the rails just a little bit, but I mean, mm-hmm. at any given, every, any given time, there's like, you know, a hundred people uh, online and, and looking at the chat and we just rolled out with a Patron chat uh for uh for spanish speakers out there so yes. um very excited about that yeah and you know it's uh today they were arguing over how to pronounce tamale <laughs> okay which is you know uh i don't know that i didn't know that that was a thing i am a spanish speaker i speak spanish i didn't know that was a thing but evidently one guy was saying that it drives him crazy how people pronounce tamale so yeah, th- I'm, I'm, it's just that. Catch- I'm just catching up on that that conversation <laughs> just now because I do understand some Spanish, by the way. I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm burst. But if you were on OnlyFans this week, you would have heard some anecdotes that I shared with with our patrons who asked me to share some anecdotes with with Brian Flores, and some of them are funny, and some of them I find endearing. Some of them have to be absolutely maddening if oh god, yeah, <laughs> if you're working under him, right? Yeah. But yeah, moving off of Brian Flores, I shared another thing on OnlyFans, and I guess we're going to go there because there seems to be some reports on Twitter. 
I shared, mm-hmm. and I guess I'll share this on the podcast. The rest, you, you're going to have to read it on only on OnlyFans, but there's a strong sense in the building that the search is leading toward two guys, Brian Dable and Mike McDaniel, who I dubbed, by the way, this week, Bong Shula. And uh, I actually put a price on it. Anybody can use that name on their podcast for 99 cents. If you want a season pass, it's $99.99. If you want a lifetime pass, it's $999.99. Okay? But if he is hired, you know those t-shirts are going up. And I'm buying a dozen. I, I can actually confirm the in the building part of that. You know, just just in the, in the from the standpoint, I was I was told that uh, um, an assistant coach that who I will not name, um, you know, is pretty convinced. Well, he he didn't say Brian Dable. He said that he's he he, he seems to think that they're they're after Mike McDaniel mm-hmm. um, specifically. But you know, it's hard to it's hard to tell. It's hard to say you know, who thinks what based on what, and it could be, you know, based on the perception that Brian Dable is going to go to the giants and not the dolphins or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, cause a lot of people are kind of operating with that, um, that assumption. I don't think it's a fair assumption. I mean, the good, did you see that good morning football, uh, a conversation mm-hmm. with, uh, with Kay Adams and, and, um, and Chris Carter, and these people, uh, and Chris Carter, and, and they were talking about, they were talking about Peter Schrager. They were talking about like uh, the Dolphins or the Giants. Like, which would you pick? And all of them, all of them, overwhelmingly, like Dolphins. Man, you, I would not go to the Giants. Like, you know, Dolphins have strong a strong defense, good players. Um, yes, they have Tua Tagovailoa, who hasn't necessarily proven himself yet. But it, but you give him a year, and if he doesn't do it for you, you've got two first round picks the next year. They've got the most salary cap space in the league mm-hmm. this coming this coming off season. Um, so they're they're just like and and no state tax, no state income tax. So so they're just like this is a no brainer. This is an absolute no brainer. The the Giants. What what could the Giants? They were even like, what could the Giants possibly have going for them? over the dolphins like they were they were not hearing it whatsoever except peter schrager who's like a giants fan and he's like man i even i have to admit it but i it's like it, it's the giants that's all he could come up with that was literally <laughs> all he could come up with. it's the giants yeah like, lawrence you know, taylor like, is not walking through that door yeah exactly <laughs> and i thought that was i thought that was really interesting because we hear quite a bit you know from people out there just shitting on the franchise and just saying, you know, we're not going to be attra- able to attract any good head coach candidates because of, you know, pick your pick your reason. It's it's either because Chris Greer was not fired, or because uh, Tua Tungavailoa is the quarterback, or because Steve Ross is the owner. Just pick your reason. Um, and and a lot of people are convinced that uh, that the Dolphins will be the bottom of the bottom of the pecking order uh because of that and everybody's just gonna everybody's just gonna say no to the dolphins and i just i don't i don't know that that's true i mean i could see somebody picking the giants because they have a really well-run organization or at least they used to I, and some people are really talk about john mara not being not being the maras but um but i i could see that i mean it's a great city it's uh you know people people have a thing about new york and uh and it's a well-run organization and stuff. So, so I could see it, but at the same time, it's like, 
are people really going to be like, you know, no to Miami with the situation that Miami has set up? I mean, no. no. Why? Why would they? Yeah. And with that, uh, Pat Leonard, who covers the the Giants, and he's on, on Twitter. Uh, he put out a post uh, about, let me see, it's about an hour ago where he says several league sources believe Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, is a favorite to be the Miami Dolphins' next head coach. And then he goes on to write, if Dable takes that job, Dan Quinn and Brian Flores. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Uh, are the leading contenders to be the Giants' next head coach. I find that fascinating, by the way, by the way because, you know, Patrick Graham is right there. Yep. Okay, so keep an eye on Patrick He's Graham. interviewing. He's interviewing. He's, yeah, he's but if Brian Flores gets hired, keep an eye on Patrick Graham. I would be fascinated to know what Patrick Graham does because because he was very effusive in his praise. He was emotional when he was talking about um, Brian Flores yeah. and you know the the impact that Brian had on him and and everything. He was very emotional and and very um, effusive in his praise. And uh, and yet and yet you he wonder, left to go take a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, w- yeah, exactly. D- you wonder. Would he would he go somewhere else? <laughs> like like and this is this is sort of the this is sort of the Brian's cur- Brian Flores's curse is what I keep hearing is, is he has these these friends you know or erstwhile friends um, who just aren't following like he he tends to burn his bridges a little bit like uh, you know we, we talked about Kyle Van Noy and they were they were friends but you know they didn't leave for you know they didn't leave friends <laughs> Kyle Van Noy didn't leave friends <laughs> yeah um, and and Flores was the one that kicked him off the team by you know absolutely um, you know what I did you know what I did uh, a couple of days ago I went back to the first game of the season this year in New England right uh-huh. which was Kyle Van Noy's first game against the Dolphins after leaving the Miami Dolphins right mm-hmm. he hugged to a tongue of Aloha. Mm-hmm. Okay. He shook hands with Kristen Wilkins after Kristen Wilkins was mocking him. All right. Yeah. Gave a big bear hug to Emmanuel Ogba. And he shook hands with Gerald Alexander. And then he ran right into the locker room. <laughs> That's fitting. That's <laughs> fitting. But also like, you know, if you look at what shadow Shea went through, like he, it was a big deal for him to move his entire family from new England where they'd been down to Miami and um, and then Brian Flores dismissed him a year later. And, and if you, you uh, several assistant coaches, I am, I'm just told if anybody, if any of the assistants on the dolphins right now, fire or follow Brian Flores to his next destination. I mean, I'm sure one has to be out there somewhere, but I mean, if, if, if several of them do, I would be shocked based on what I hear. So that's, that's sort of his first, like, and, and so I wonder about the, the Graham thing, you know, like, yeah, he, he speaks very highly of Brian Flores, but push comes to shove. He's interviewing for the head coach job too, at the same time as Brian Flores. And I, you know, with, with Flores's uh, authority issues and, and, you know, uh, bedside manner, I wonder if Patrick Graham is long for that, um, that DC job. Yeah, and, and I understand the apprehension a lot of people have out there because they look at Brian Flores, and I and I tend to agree with them. I'm not in that building, and I've said it before. I wouldn't have fired him. I wouldn't have fired him this year. But, again, I am not in that building. I'm, I didn't have to deal with Brian Flores. I th- I believe I've said I said maybe two or three words to Brian Flores in, in the three years he was here. So, you know, I didn't have many interactions with the man, okay? So all I saw was a really competent, 
defensive guy that wasn't, you know, that couldn't like kind of build an offensive staff, let's say, and started having some issues with clock management this past season. But other than that, I had no problems with him, you know, but Mm -hmm. I understand the apprehension, but I promise you there's other competent defensive coaches out there. Okay. And one that evidently uh, Jim Harbaugh, or I'm sorry, John Harbaugh. And by the way, (laughs) that's another one. Watch what you say there. Yeah. Watch what I say. Exactly. And by the way, I'll say, I'll say this. John Harbaugh was on the hot seat four years ago. They were going to can him. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson has an MVP season, and he sticks. The Ravens finished the season losing seven in a row, or was it six in a row? How many was that in a row? Uh, I don't I don't remember. Why wasn't he in the hot seat? Hmm. You know? Let, let me see how many games they lost in a row. I don't know. It, he strikes me as somebody that would get scooped up immediately. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, nobody here is worth, you know, really, really, ha- you know, you know, having all this angst over, okay? And uh, they lost. Let me six see. One, they lost six in a row to finish the season. Yeah. Why wasn't he in the hot seat? Because if he were on the hot seat, that's a guy you go to the mattresses for, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and the reason that I would do it is just he always he has a knack for putting together an excellent staff. Yeah, an excellent staff of uh, assistant coaches. And his teams are always in the mix. Like they, even when they're absolutely falling apart, they're always in the mix. Always, you know. But I don't think there's anybody out there like that. But moving off of John Harbaugh, he had a press conference of his own, announcing that Wink Martindale, Mm -hmm. uh, his defensive coordinator, uh, was going to part ways with the Baltimore Ravens, and he's now available out there. And it's being rumored that that's Brian Dayball's guy. As a DC, first of all, do you buy it? And your thoughts on on Wink Martindale, who would be extremely expensive, by the way. I think so that I, I believe se- his several, salary was over two million dollars for several offensive oriented head coaches. Several offensive oriented head coaches probably have to be thinking about Wink Martindale as um as the first person that they want to interview as a defensive coordinator. Um, and so, but that's no guarantee that he's actually inclined to go with them. I, I guess the question is, you know, Brian Dable may consider Wink Martindale his guy, but does Wink Martindale consider himself Brian Dable's guy? <laughs> um, yeah, all and, right. And so that's the that's the real because they and I'm curious why they parted ways there because um, they went ahead and hired uh, Mike McDonald from Michigan, mm-hmm. um, the defensive coordinator of Michigan is coming over to the NFL to be a defensive a lateral move. Um, the NFL would be a defensive coordinator for the Baltimore. Ravens, uh, which is an odd move, um, and kind of suggestive. yeah, and 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 I'll, and I'll I'll tag on to that. It's an odd move in in this sense, also those DCs because I started looking up salaries. They make a pile of money, especially in the SEC. Have you seen what those defensive coordinators make? Mm-hmm. It's uh, ridiculous. Right. It's over two million dollars, almost yeah. all of them. So yeah, like so, it's yeah. a lateral move. I don't get it. It's a- but a lateral, I mean, often you get guys from college, they go to the NFL, they don't quite get that lateral move. Um, but he, he is, and uh, I think that's interesting. I also wonder what that says about um, about how serious Jim Harbaugh is about leaving Michigan. And, um, and you know, I, I've always kind of shat on the idea that, um, that Jim Harbaugh is going to end up in Miami because I – I've heard no. And also like in his very first press conference after dismissing Brian Flores, 
Steve Ross basically said no, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so I've always kind of I've always kind of felt no on that. But you do wonder, you do sort of wonder if, and this is a very low odds uh, scenario, but like if uh, Jim Harbaugh just made it clear to Steve Ross, like, listen, I'm going to the pros. I'm not staying in college anymore. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not. I I don't know where I'll be next year, but it's not Michigan. You know, um, if, if he ever made that clear to, uh, to Steve Ross, which I don't think it wouldn't be his style. He's going to use Michigan as a bar, you know, as a player at the bargain to get the best deal. Like this is, this is his style. Um, but anyway, if he did do that, then you wonder if Steve Ross would circle back and be like, well, how about the dolphins, you know? And, um, and I don't think it's the right fit, uh, for him or for, for the dolphins. But, um, and, and I think there are many people in the organization, including very high up, like even an ownership that may question whether it's the right fit, but, um, but still it's, you know, it's always going to be, it's always going to be a curiosity between these two, between Ross and, uh, Harbaugh. And speaking of other candidates, uh, Jim Caldwell has emerged all of a sudden in Chicago and, mm-hmm. It was interesting. Simon said yesterday, um, Jim Caldwell is in house hall. And I asked him, what has he lost? <laughs> uh, but he's, a, he, he's made an appearance. Um, I, I don't get why he's not a candidate here, uh, but we made it very, very well, I clear. Uh, I, I mean, it was very clear from the start, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and you spoke either, about it on the podcast. Either. Yeah. Either. Either. He doesn't want to be here, <laughs> which is very possible. Mm-hmm. Um or some for some reason the dolphins truly question his uh, his health status and and this could be like keep in mind that when he was supposed to be the consultant here he is 67 years old mm-hmm. um when he was supposed to be the consultant or in miami he ultimately the the official reason he left was for health reasons like he was too unhealthy to coach uh, or to to do his job his consulting job and, um, and so the dolphins may just, you know, ultimately like have to have taken from that, that he's, he may say he's healthy enough now. So, but basically, basically what has been told to me is like eyebrow raise, you know, he's ready to take the Chicago job, but to Miami, he's too unhealthy, <laughs> you know, like, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of a little bit, a little bit of gray area between the dolphins thinking that he's not healthy enough or maybe him telling the dolphins, I'm not healthy enough to coach you, but I am healthy enough to coach the bears, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he, he, like he just doesn't want to be there. Um, so it's, it's somewhere in between there, but I'm not surprised. He's not a candidate. And uh, another candidate that seems to be, uh, you know, he's, he's had the most interviews by the way, is Dan Quinn. And I'm wondering why Mike McCarthy doesn't find himself with the pink slip and they just promote Dan Quinn because early on it, it in this this whole sequence Jerry Jones was was quoted as saying you know uh, that they love Dan Quinn and they would be prepared to fight for Dan Quinn if if it came down to it but obviously you can't you know you can't fight against a head coaching a head coach offer but he's also out there he's had his second interview I believe with the Giants or is second with the with the Bears. So, but it's been very, very quiet on that front. I don't know if you've heard anything on that because I haven't. That's a, that's a really weird one because, you know, yes, I have heard about him. Um, there are some people that uh, are positioned well, like in the media, 
um, that are privately, you know, yeah, we hear they really like Dan Quinn. Um, and I think, I think Adam Beasley, uh, said so publicly, if I recall, uh, correctly. Um, and he, he, by the way, was, he was, he nailed it in the last coach search with Brian Flores. Like he nailed it. He not only, and you know, you know how I knew, because not only did he have the Brian Flores thing from the start and know that correctly know that it was Brian Flores the whole time, uh, which we didn't, you know, necessarily, but not only did he know that, but he also knew who came in second and, and nobody else did. Well, I mean, I, my guy, my guy had been telling me this, but like, you know, I, this is how I knew that Beasley was connected through the right sources, the right Avenue uh, for his information. And, um, and so he had nailed it. And, and I think Beasley had mentioned Dan Quinn right away that the dolphins really like him. And, th- and that is possible that they really like Dan Quinn, but he's also got, he's also been interviewed by, I think almost every single team that's got an opening. Um, he's, he's clearly the most, uh, the most coveted interview out there. So maybe the dolphins, because he's, yeah, maybe the dolphins aren't interested in the bidding war for Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. That's that. And that seems likely, I would say one name I can't get my, my hands around. And I don't, I just don't know too much about him except that he stands right next to Sean McVay, but we're not hiring Sean McVay. Uh, the guy we, we interviewed is Thomas Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any information? Do you have an idea of about Th- Thomas Brown? Because he was down here. He was yeah. offensive coordinator for the Miami Hurricanes and uh, not impressive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that, right? But he goes to the Rams and I'm always worried about this. And I know it's dismissive to say that he stands next to Sean McVay, but he stands next to Sean McVay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so that's kind of like what you, you you like about him, right? He stands next to the guy that you kind of want, right? Like if you could have your pick, like I want I want the guys that are that are coaching this weekend. Like you know, they're all fine with me, all of them, you know. But we, we can't have them, so we'll get the next best thing, the guy that stands right next to them, right? I don't know nothing about Thomas Brown. Do you? Um, not much. I would <laughs> I would actually think that you know more just because he was with the um with the uh the hurricane hurricanes. and that's a problem <laughs> and that yeah um but uh all i know so obviously they've heard good things when you hear that they like thomas brown it's like it's like yes he's on the interview list for a reason everybody is on the interview list for a reason nobody would be on that interview list if they hadn't done their homework and and liked really liked something about them it's a short list. It's, it's only seven people. It's um, so they, they like them all. So whenever you hear like this generalized kind of rumor mongering, like, Oh, they like so-and-so it's like, well, yeah, they like them all. Um, that's why they're there. And I know that they like Thomas Brown. We've heard that they like Thomas Brown. They've heard some very good things about him. Um, all I know is that he would probably give you access to in, installing that, um, that offense the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan style, you know, the LaFleurs and, and McDaniels and all them, that style of offense. Um, that's, that's what we would bring here, uh, what he would probably bring here. Uh, and so that's a good fit, I think, for Tua Tungvaloa. Um, and it's a good fit for the run game because, I mean, they always just, they always have a phenomenal run game in that offense, it seems like. Um, and so I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about him, but, um, but I, I kind of like directionally where it is. All right. And that leads us to 
the last of these candidates that we'll talk about, and then I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about your favorite quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, oh God. Okay. But uh, last candidate we're going to talk about, um, is it safe to say that Mike McDaniel is our leader in the clubhouse? Because we seem to have a consensus, don't we? We kind of like the guy, right? Like We kind of like the idea of, and I understand we're going to the well again, another young genius, right? <laughs> that's yeah. going to reinvent well, football here in Miami. Sure. And, and not just that, but also like, you know, the guy who's the offensive coordinator, but doesn't call plays. Yes. You know, that, that, that type. Yeah. I get it people. Okay. Uh, all right. I get it. All right. But you know, we're going to try it again. <laughs> He's the fan favorite. He is like, and, and, and yes. all the polls and all the polls that we've run, um, you know, and, and that you see out there, I think, generally speaking, he is, he slightly edges out Brian Dable as the, uh, the fan favorite. By the way, I got to call these people out because they deserve it. Did you see the article that Deadspin wrote? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I was just looking at that right now. Like, like, <laughs> like, sure, it's it's titled, sure, Mike McDaniel seems cool, but he's not worthy of a head coaching gig yet. And then under under the, the subheading is, please stop and think before you inadvertently dub another young white guy as the next hot NFL coaching prospect. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> they had to insert an editor's note. <laughs> they're like we learned after the publication of this article that 49ers oc mike mcdaniel whom we described as a white guy is in fact biracial <laughs> the article's original text <laughs> remains below we regret the error <laughs> yeah just pull the whole fucking thing please <laughs> pull the whole thing just pull it Nominal. You know? it's, okay, it's okay to pull the article right just pull yeah, the article just pull it just pull it Okay, it's like like trust me, nobody nobody really really wants to read that. Okay, just yeah, just it's, just it's pull fine. the article. It's fine if you just pull it. But yeah, yeah Mike McDaniel, uh, every poll, and I conducted another one today on three yards per carry because uh, on the three yards per carry Twitter account because I wanted to keep tracking this. He keeps winning every poll, and today's I think he was at sixty six percent, and I put I made him Brian Dable and Dan Quinn the top three guys, and then I put an other as the fourth. Uh, option and mike mcdaniel keeps winning these polls like uh mm. that's the fan favorite and it seems like he's the favorite on this podcast his team's playing for a spot in the super bowl again uh if anything he's kind of lucky right because if yeah. he goes again it'll be his third super bowl he lost the other two by the way so <laughs> you know so he's lucky like he can say that all right like he played his team's playing super bowls they do. Beyond that, uh, we've talked about him enough. Uh, his offense works. And all you got to do is just look at how he uses his players and how his players talk about him. So, I don't know. Uh, safe to say he's the consensus on this podcast. That's who we want, right? Well, I think he's refreshingly nerdy to a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and what I mean by that is, is like, you know, there's, there's sort of a, a gruff, cliche coach um, – you know, coach persona. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, uh, for some people, they, some, some people get very tired of it. Um, and I think that he's kind of refreshingly nerdy. He he reminds people that, you know, listen, a coach's job is not to be tough. Like the players players have to be tough. The players are out there physically performing and taking the pounding and, and doing everything. Um, the coaches, their job is to essentially be nerds 
I mean, and that's what that's what people don't quite understand. They're essentially supposed to be researchers and uh, and video analysts and um, and nerd and and tinkerers and you know and nerd repositories of knowledge. Uh, that's that's their job. That's what they bring to the table, or what they're supposed to bring to the table, so that they can put these players in the best position to execute. And uh, and that's and I think that you look a player will look at a Mike McDaniel and. And he's just going to, he's just going to know in his mind immediately how to think of him. You know, this is, this is how I think of him. Okay. This is how it is. And, and, you know, he's not, and so you're not, the player isn't going to be in that uncomfortable space between, you know, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's supposed to be a leader of men because, because he lifts with us on Tuesdays and, um, and he barks out orders in a, in his mean voice. Um, But we don't win and you know we don't we don't have very good game plans and stuff like that um i think i think they're just they just immediately look at this guy he's like okay he's a mad scientist type um and and that's what he is and, and i think if they get it if the players understand it then it, it'll be fine it's not you know i don't think the leader of men thing really comes into it um so yeah i, I think he's interesting yeah, closing it out. Uh, next Wednesday we'll have a show. Will we have a head coach by then? My feeling is, yeah. I, I'm, I think I think we're starting to th- see things uh, accelerate a little bit. And so you have San my, Francisco losing to the Rams and Mike McDaniel being hired on Monday. Is what you're saying? Uh, n- I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 well, I, I'm I'm just I'm just saying. I think it's I think by the time we record again, yes, we, we okay. have a head coach. All right. Uh, care to make a prediction or no? Um, I'm already in the uh, – my horse is in the barn. I bet Mike McDaniel at plus 600 three days ago. So, you know, that's that, – I'm throwing my lot in with Mike McDaniel. This almost varies minute to minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am currently thinking that I would put my money on Brian Dable. Okay. Like yes. Yeah. That's what I, where I would currently throw the money. Right yeah, now. either one is a either one is probably a good bet. Yeah. Okay. All right. And now we're gonna we're gonna close up with we're gonna finish up with uh, actual football. Okay. But we're gonna start with a quiz. Uh, you saw that game, Kansas City versus Buffalo, right? Oh God, Chris? yes. Okay. Do you um, do you know how many passes Patrick Mahomes? By the way, he was thirty three of forty four for three hundred and seventy eight yards, three touchdowns. Do you know how many passes he threw? Period. Threw past twenty yards. Uh, in that game. Yes. Um, no, I don't actually. Would it surprise you if I told you zero? Oh, really? Well, yeah. I thought he. I thought he had. A, I thought he had a, threw a deep one to uh, to Tyreek Hill at one point, like toward the end, didn't he? Well, I'm looking at next gen stats, and we okay. know that next gen stats does not lie. Okay. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> all right. Do you know how many passes he threw over 15 yards? Okay. Uh, I do not. Two. Wow. Uh, it gets better. Okay. His longest air yards pass of the day was mm-hmm. right on the dot, 20 yards. Really? Yes. He threw seven passes at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Seven. Do you know how many passes he threw past 10 yards total in the game? Do not. Eight. So what you're saying is he basically played basketball. 
What I'm saying is, is that he did a Tua Tonga Vailoa impersonation, just did it better. All right. But let's be fair, because this is where people get really upset. <laughs> well, and no, because you know, we're getting to this game it, because we just start calling we, us Tua and on. And, yeah, and I know. I know. So but we saw two aliens play football on, on Sunday, but one of them we played did. like our mortal, uh, you know, terrible quarterback. Just better. Well, no, I, I think, well. But but a lot better because when I watch the game, I in fact, it, this boils down to the offensive coordinators, too, because we're like both offensive coordinators are can't are, are, are like prominent head coach candidates. Eric Bieniemy just is talked about every year. And um, and of course, Brian Dable might be the leader in the clubhouse to be the Miami uh, head coach. Um, but I was looking at it and I was I was my impression was that uh, Josh Allen really executed the offense. Mm-hmm. And um, and and then like 80 percent of the time he was executing the offense and doing things that really any quarterback from a physical standpoint, any quarterback can do. Um, and then you sprinkle in the 20 percent of stuff that only Josh Allen can do, like the called runs, you know, the sweeps and the stuff like that. Um, or the you know, he had a couple of scramble and throws that were just vintage Josh Allen. Um, but like most of what he did was execute the offense. I thought that they had a more uh solid fundamental offense offensive performance against uh against that defense whereas the kansas city chiefs was just all patrick mahomes and michael hardeman and tyreek hill just being like making ridiculous plays against players like just because patrick patrick mahomes the whole game was making people miss all over the place Mm-hmm. and scrambling around i mean that's this he was he was so vintage and this is where it's like don't compare to a tongue to him because you know the way that the way that patrick mahomes scrambled around made people miss had big runs um and you know the way he could change his arm slot and and throw those you know throw those sidearm passes and and the velocity that he gets and stuff i mean yeah he, it might have been short oriented but it was still it was still showcasing his ability like really well. And, um, and I think that uh, I think that the Kansas city chiefs offense performance was a bunch of individual performances like that. And me Colton, don't, don't knock, you know, don't understate me Hardman's impact on the game too. I, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a great player, but he did have a good, he did have an impactful game by making people miss and look silly. And, um, and so like he and Tyree kill uh, they were, they were difference makers in that game. Whereas I thought, all the way around the Buffalo offense was just well-rounded, well-executed, well-called. Um, Josh Allen was doing a great job and they should have won the game. They ultimately should have won the game. Yes. Like they, they absolutely should have won the game. It was pointed out to me by a friend of mine who's a, a Buffalo fan and, and uh, he hates his life, but, um, and he's always hated being a Buffalo fan, but like he, I saw him on Twitter say something like, like with 13 seconds left, they literally could have just tackled all of the wide receivers just right after the snap, just tackle them, take the penalty and then, and then go to the, go on to the next play and do it again. And the worst that would have happened is that the, uh, the chiefs would have had to throw a hail Mary from their own 45 yard line. Like which, that, which they probably that, complete. Let's face it. Well, I mean, but the way things are going, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's like, that is a literal truth. Yeah. And, and so, so yeah, that Buffalo fans are hating themselves on that. Yeah, cause I, you told me that. And I started reading the, 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 the rule book. Cause I was wondering, you know, could they be called for like, you know, for unsportsmanlike, 
if you know oh, if you, yeah. for the third or fourth time to do it, it's not in the rule book. And I don't. And, uh, it and wouldn't un- be. It wouldn't be three or four times. It would be twice. But yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, because uh, my fear is that that with penalties, you know, they, they'll have an untimed down at your own at, at our, you know, let's say we're the Bills at our twenty yard line or twenty five yard line. Like yeah, that's something yeah. I wouldn't want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, in the, the key, rule book, the in the rule book, it says it. that unsportsmanlike conduct cannot be subjective. It has to be. You have to have a reason for it, and I don't yeah. think a play that's an actual penalty can be a reason. You know what I mean? Like if you throw a punch, yeah, that's fifteen. Well, I mean, if you hold yards. a guy, if you if you guilty of defensive holding, essentially, mm-hmm. that's um, five yards. Then, yeah, I mean that's the, they could have they could have committed penalties that run that would have accomplished running out the clock, and yes, they would have gotten penalized, but it would have ended in a uh, in a hail mary. I mean, and I'm not saying they just like automatically just tackle everybody, but they could have committed. The point is they could have committed penalties and gotten it done. Um, and I, 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 you know, what's funny about that is a football coach would never, he would never, right. You know, it just seems like <laughs> yes. the, the, they have, they have, they have this thing, right. But like a basketball coach, an NBA coach, you're goddamn right. He would. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're goddamn right that they would use they would they would and they would joke about it like that. Popovich yeah, and, and Popovich used it throw the hackershack. He created a yeah, exactly. He created hackershack. He created hackershack. Hackabone and hackershack. You know, like um, <laughs> and I I think that uh, you know, basketball coaches and they would be they lauded for it by the by the commentary mm-hmm. and, and the analysts and stuff like that well this is this is what you got to do uh, you know they've got to they've got to do an intentional foul here and you know they've got to i mean they're they really are and um it's part of it but football coach like leslie frazier would never <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's just it's yeah. just like uh, that's that's how kind of stuffy football is uh, to me but, yeah except but, except know. a couple of years ago one of my favorite moments in playoff history was when mike frabel uh bill belichick try, uh does the bill belichick and thing by take trying to take a penalty on a punt and mike Vrabel says uh you know what we'll decline the penalty and we'll take the runoff <laughs> Yeah. Remember, he had Bill Belichick kill almost a minute of his own clock. Remember, and Bill Belichick started looking at the referee like, "Is this asshole seriously serious?" Yeah, you remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was a great that like that was great thinking by Mike Vrabel. I remember he started even smiling on the sideline like, I, "I got Bill with this." Bill ended up ended up killing a minute of his own clock when he's behind. So yeah. So what did you make of it? You know, everybody's talking about, you know, like we, we should just basically just end the podcast here because we don't have Josh Allen yeah. or or Pat Mahomes and those guys are going to rule the AFC, which is possible, by the way. But uh, it's just basically it's just basically like the game was reinvented yes. um, with that with that game. Like, listen, it was a shootout between two physically gifted phenomenal quarterbacks i mean they're both really good quarterbacks they're not just physically they're not just physically gifted they're really good quarterbacks um but they are among like there are there are great quarterbacks who are physically gifted like them and then there are great quarterbacks who are not physically gifted like tom brady you know peyton manning and um and drew Brees and and such uh it they come in all shapes and sizes i always i always try to tell people this they're every single one of them is a lightning bolt from god every single one of them is an outlier there is no law of averages um but, Pat Riley, Pat Riley himself, the great Pat Riley. Uh, that that said, is his term. That is his term. I, that I is his it. term. That is yeah, his term. I, he says, I, uh, Dwayne Wade I is a lightning. I, shameless, I shamelessly stole it from him. 
Yeah, he t- he says it. He he says, no, nah, you know, we went out and we got Alonzo Mourning because we felt, you know, a defensive center was going to be the, the heart and soul of this team. And obviously you got to get perimeter defense, but when you get a guy like Dwayne Wade, it's just a lightning bolt from God. It makes everything else possible. Right. And that's who those guys are. Is, but is, a- anyway, that's that's how I feel about the quarterback position, elite quarterbacks. It's just such it's it's such an impossible thing to do to play elite level quarterback in the NFL for for a consist consistently and for a long period of time. Um, that every single one of them is an outlier. Every single there is no law of averages, and there is no you know um, the ceiling floor talk drives me nuts. Uh, so, but anyway, these are among the physically gifted quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and they were on display. They were again, they were facing defenses that had their thumbs collectively up their asses. Mm-hmm. And so this turned into a shootout and, um, and it's classic. It was classic football is really, really entertaining, but everybody wanted to take from it. Like, well, this is just, this is just how the playoffs are. This is just how the playoffs are. And if you don't have one of those guys, you don't even, well, why you even show up? Why even show up in the game? Like, why, why? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Like, you don't have, we don't have a guy that can compete like that. We don't have, you know, we don't have uh patch Mahomes or Josh Allen. And it's just like, first off, if you were, you, were you even watching the rest of the weekend? Because did you, did you not, did you not see the San Francisco and green Bay game, you know, where Jimmy Garoppolo takes down the NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, you know, and, and the runner up goes down to Matt Stafford. Right. And, and so I, it's like, did you not even, did you not even see this or, or like, okay, so and Tom Brady is Tom Brady and we know that, but he's not among the physically gifted quarterbacks. The guy is, the guy is old as dirt and, uh, <laughs> and he's, and he's, he's never had a strong arm and he's, he's got cement in his feet. And, um, and yet he's, he's still not taking away from, from his overall ability as a quarterback. He's still among the best, but um but he came back like they were he did an incredible thing and it got lost because the Rams ended up going down there and getting the field goal and winning the game at the last second. But um, he brought them back from a 24 point deficit in the third quarter, you know, in, in, a, in a playoff game. That is that is goddamn mm-hmm. impressive. And so, you know, yeah, the, the there are there are many ways to skin the cast. Some of these guys are really physically. And I got to say, these, and I got to say, and these I gotta, guys aren't. And I got and I got to applaud you. You said once that that Tom Brady played the game personally. What he did to Jalen Ramsey was one of the most masterful things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he hit an eight yard comeback on Jalen Ramsey with Mike Evans. He hits a twelve yard comeback on Jalen Ramsey with Mike Evans. So what comes next? <laughs> Double move bomb on Jalen Ramsey, fifty yard touchdown. This is this is how he plays the game. He plays it very personally. He plays it very like. I he, saw that, and I was like, and I rem, and I re, it reminded me of you, and I and I was like, wow, Tom Brady really is good at this, isn't he? He targets individual players. He smells blood in the water for whatever reason. He sets them up. Sets, you know, it's not like setting up quote unquote the defense. Like he sets up individual players, and and he's and that's the way he plays the game. I and mean, he is he's a, throwing he's, to a Hall of Famer, by the way. Yeah. When they Mike tell Evans. when they talk about him being a competitor, it's because like he he will literally want to look an individual in the eyes and then beat him at something like beer pong. Like, you know, like that's like that's that's just the way that he is. And um, and so he did that and he came back from that 24 point lead. He is not a physically impressive quarterback. You know, yeah, he's he's the greatest, but um, but he's not among the physically impressive guys. But seriously, one game 
where Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes go toe to toe in a really entertaining shootout that featured zero defense whatsoever. Um, and suddenly the game is reinvented and we need not apply because we don't have a physically impressive quarterback. And they're, they're like, and, and then we're, we're having this debate privately and people are like, you know, Oh, are you really in, uh, comparing to a tongue of Iloa to Drew Brees or Tom Brady or something like that? I'm like, well, yeah, that's the goal. I mean, you don't, you draft the guy and you develop the yeah. guy because you're hoping he turned, you, you know, the odds are against you. You know, the odds were against Josh Allen becoming Josh Allen. The yeah. odds were against Drew Brees becoming Drew Brees. You know, the odds were always are always against these, every single one of them, the odds are against them, but this is why you play the game. This is why you, what you're hoping for. And so, yes, like there's, that's, that's to his path. That's what he's going to have to try and be. And, um, and it's a valid path, but people are, people are now pretending because they saw Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen engage a shootout that that path is shut down. Like that's, it's just not, it's just not a thing. And I'm like, talk about prisoner of the moment. Uh, it, it kind of, it throws me off a little. Yeah. All right. On the way out here, I guess we just got to pick these two games. Um, NFC first, because I think I think we both know what we're going to say in the AFC. But NFC first, you have Mike McDaniel and the little engine that could, right? They run the ball. They play defense. They don't make mistakes. They manage the game. San Francisco, who's beaten the Rams six games in a row, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And beat them the last week of the season. By the way, that's another thing. Okay. Our draft pick keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Let's not forget. <laughs> let's not forget that. that uh, uh, and I thought that, the 49ers are going to be bad this year. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, who, you know, who even listens you, to me. Why does anybody even listen to me? Do you know that if, if Jimmy Garoppolo just has one incompletion in that last game of the season, we end up with the better pick? Yeah, I mean that's how that's how close because we win the tiebreaker. Well, I mean, we both go credit. nine and eight, and we get the tiebreaker, and our pick is better. Credit, but no, credit to them they they won playoff games, which is what we can't even do when we do make the playoffs. So. Well, no, but they threw into the end zone. They needed to. They needed a last-second touchdown to beat the Rams the last week of the season. Yeah. So if they don't get that one, we get mm-hmm. the better pick because mm-hmm. we actually finish ahead of them. Yeah, but no, that doesn't happen. So no. they're the little engine that could. They play good defense. Have great coaching. They have Mike McDaniel. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, and you know, and, and all that, and all that comes with it. Okay, against the Rams, which are a great roster like top to bottom you look at that roster you gotta you gotta like it okay it's a really good roster that made a moderate well you know what let's let's not let's not poo poo it it wasn't moderate it was a a real upgrade at quarterback from Goff to Matt Stafford they're the other model somebody brought this up and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think about it I've been trying to think about it since before we started recording because it just happened a couple hours ago and I saw somebody bring up, okay, let's pretend that he does get to the super bowl and win it. Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford does. He might go in the hall of fame. He won his first game this year. Yeah. I I was, well, look at his numbers. (laughs) Like, like how do you deny those numbers? Right. Exactly. Like he might go in the hall of fame. He wins a super bowl, you know, and he was, he was such a loser coming into the season. Never won a playoff game. 0-3 mm-hmm. in playoff games. Yep. Always managed to throw the bad pick mm-hmm. <laughs> at the bad moment. This year, he wins his first playoff game. He wins his second playoff game. And now he's trying to win his third playoff game. So it begs the question. 
you have the little engine that could that plays team ball, you know, rah, rah, you know, all the pom-poms and, you know, mom, dad, apple pie, run the football, play defense versus the Rams, which are essentially they bought a roster. They upgraded that quarterback. Does San Francisco make it seven in a row? I'm going to start first and say no. And I'm going to say that the Rams break the string and that the Rams are the second consecutive team to play at home in the Super Bowl. I say the Rams win it. Let's call it 24-20. Rams, your thoughts? On the, against the 49ers. Um, yes, I do believe the Rams win the game. I think this reminds me a lot of last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, who also bought a roster and um, and they uh, and and started to coalesce, you know, toward the end of the season and at the right moments. Um, and I think that uh, you know I, I kept doubting them all the way, including right up through the Super Bowl with uh, where I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win that game. And um, and then you know it was just uh, I think I think it was their time. I think I think it is possible that it might be even be the Rams' time to to win the Super Bowl here. Um, you know you got a guy like Aaron Donald, never n- n- <laughs> never underestimate the impact that he can make um, mm-hmm. on that side uh, it, when he just when he just constantly harasses the the other quarterback. So. Um, I will pick the Rams to win this game. I don't, I don't know about a score. Um, you know, I hate, I hate to say that, that the 49ers are going to have poor offensive showing because Mike McDaniel might be our next coach, but, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Rams and it's a, uh, a pretty big, um, pretty big victory. All right. And in the AFC, you're picking Cincinnati, right? <laughs> No, <laughs> look, um, I'm not going to pick another blowout because I've, I've been I, I did this last week and it blew up in my face. OK, yeah, I thought right, that, right. you know, and, and then I should have thought better. Like, I, I'm actually going to pick Ryan Tannehill to blow out anybody. No, it wasn't going to happen. OK, and Derrick Henry wasn't Derrick Henry. He was maybe 70 yeah. percent worth of Derrick Henry and Tennessee just didn't look. They look listless. OK, yeah. even though they made a huge rush at the end and probably should have won the game because, yeah. you know, they, they played, you know, they played the right coverage. They just didn't cinch that up because everybody's scared to death to give up a bomb and especially to Jamar Chase. Okay. Who, you know, yeah. can run. So everybody's and everybody ends up playing soft because they don't want to look like an idiot. Well, well, guess what? You just look like an idiot giving up an 18 yard out pattern that sets up a 45 yard field goal. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'd rather give up the touchdown actually. You know, because at least that way I have, you know, 40 seconds to try to get it back. But no, you give up what is essentially going to be a gimme field goal because that field goal kicker is on fire, by the way, McPherson, the rookie. I'm just going to go ahead and say it again. I think Kansas City really puts it on Cincinnati. I think it's going to be too much too soon. Big performance by the Chiefs. Call it two touchdowns. Let's go 31-17. Chiefs. I am really conflicted um, because a I, I I have liked the Chiefs for years. Um, I'm the hugest Patrick Mahomes fan, you know that. Um, but at the same time, I didn't like how he won that game against the the Bills, and I wonder if he tries to do that again because when he tries to play that way, when he tries to win the game that way. Like sometimes it just looks absolutely brilliant. And then other times it's the reason they lost. 
mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I'm nervous about the coin flip factor. Like Patrick Mahomes starts to try and play that way and be, be him, you know, be the, the God on the football field that he is at times. And it just, um, it just doesn't work. Like, and so that's, that's what I get nervous about is, you know, yes, I want to pick them against the Cincinnati Bengals because they should win. But, um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if it's like, if it, it just really falls flat. Um, and like the Bengals are like holding some big lead until the end of the game when Patrick Mahomes starts to charge hard on them. And, uh, and then he just can't get it done at the end. You know, that's, that's, that would not surprise me. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'll go ahead and pick Kansas city to be, be back in the super bowl again. And it's going to be uh, against the, um, the Rams. So, yeah. Uh, so we're in complete agreement. Um, although I will say, I will say one thing, uh, that chiefs defense watch the, the injury report this week, uh, Tyrell Matthew, as soon as he left the, that game, that defense looked like absolute garbage. And if there's an offense that could take advantage of absolute garbage, it's Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati could really, really, really pile on the points if you're not on your on your P's and Q's. Well, they're so wide open. And somebody pointed this out because, you know, I used to talk about this with the Dolphins offensive line and how how shitty the Dolphins offensive line is. Uh, and we understand that. What what drove me crazy even more is that, you know, is, is turtling up because of the offensive line and not really trying to run a mature NFL offense or passing offense because of it. Um, You know, I think sometimes you got to trust the quarterback to be a big boy. And I think sometimes, you know, you gotta, you gotta try and get the offensive lineman to do hard things and get used to doing hard things. Um, And, and maybe grow as players. And you gotta, you gotta get everybody in that offense to grow and, and learn to play mature NFL passing offense. And the Bengals do that because they do not have a good line. They do not have a good offensive line, but they do open it up and they don't care if Joe Burrow gets sacked 10 times, you know, or something like that. And again, um, they, but they open it up and, uh, and, and they keep, they keep throwing and they keep, they've got a great weapon in, in, um, and what's his name, Jamar Chase. And we understand, and you know, and Higgins. And, oh, right. And, and so, and we understand that and we understand that they're, um, they have great weaponry, but you know what? Miami has some decent weapons too with Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki and Devonte Parker. And, you know, that's, this is why I was begging, like, you know, yeah. Okay. Joe Burrow took nine sacks in the game and in, in that last game against the Titans, but you know, they kept, they kept things wide open and they kept going after it and they, they won, you know, they won the game and mm-hmm. he threw for 350 yards. Um, so that's another you know, quarterback I, that didn't throw a pass past 20 yards, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and he doesn't, that's not, well, uh, he can, he can throw the deep ball, but like it's, yes. it's sort of the Chad Pennington type accurate deep ball, not the, you know, not the, the missile. Um, but yeah, so, so I think that, um, I think that there's lessons to be learned from how the Cincinnati Bengals offense plays um, with Joe Burrow at quarterback and, you know, how he's behind an offensive line that's really challenged. And yet they, they have no fear. They move forward and they get it and they matured and got it done. All right. Well, that's going to be it. You heard us. Uh, well, you heard Chris. I'm not so sure, but 
I'm going to go ahead and say that Chris is right. The next time we record, we will have a head coach. We will have a, a new head coach. It'll be our 4,000th head coach since Don Shula, by the way. You know, so we will talk about it or not, or we'll talk about the Super Bowl. But hopefully we do have a head coach. But that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.